Okay, ladies, good to see everybody. Hope all is well. Um, as you know, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Lechlecha. Just before we get to that, uh, again, a tremendous da- a shout out to those who are supporting the Shear uh, on Patreon. Um, and if you are interested in supporting the Shear further, so again, the address is patreon.com slash Rabbi Herman. Uh, excited to, uh, not announce, but excited to kind of just share with you guys that that money is going to be used towards making this podcast into a safer, uh, meaning that uh, by the time the cycle runs comes around next year, we started in what, Pasha Shlach or something, so by the time we, we, the cycle comes around next year, Mitzvah will have uh, uh, some texts from the, from this podcast as well. So again, that's very much appreciative to you guys. Um, excited that I can use the money to kind of put it back into uh, the podcast by inc- inc- improving the audio quality and also now uh, by making some sort of uh, written version. So, Baruch Hashem, thanks. it's all thanks to you guys, and I very, very, very much appreciate it. Um, Parsha's Lech Lecha is, <coughs> excuse me, also obviously known to you very well. Just to recap quickly, obviously, Ashkosh Baruch tells Avram Lech Lecha, leave your, your family, your home. Uh, and Avram shows up in Eretz Yisrael, and there's a, there's a famine, it goes down to Egypt, Sarah gets taken by Paro, uh, Avram gets kicked out of Egypt when Paro finds out that, you know, they were married, right, obviously, he's, right, Avram had asked that she should be, uh, telling me she's his sister, etc., etc., excuse me, Avram and Lot then go their separate ways, Shem promises Eretz Yisrael to Avram, four kings versus the five kings, Avram, Lot gets captured, right, Avram saves him, doesn't take the spoils, uh, you know, Hashem again reassures Avram uh, about his children uh, getting the land, you have the Brisbane and Basarim, which we'll talk about for a little bit, uh, he marries Hagar, she conceives, she runs away because Sarah afflicts her, um, and, you know, then, then she comes back, she conceives again, and she has Yishmael, uh, Avram is commanded to perform Bismillah, Avram and Sarah get new names, uh, and then you have the whole Parsha of Bismillah, um, and, and that's pretty much the end of the the end of the parsha. I, I did get a little bit. I do have to apologize I, from the outset. I did get a little bit. I am a little bit busy this week, so I did not get to prepare a full, full slate of things I wanted to talk about. But we'll uh, we'll do as much as we can as usual. Um, and it's really never enough, right, with these parshas being chocked, uh, chock full. Either way, the first thing we have to talk about obviously is the first parak, uh, first pasuk. See there, I mean, I'm getting uh, getting ahead of myself. The myself. The first pasuk. Avram is told to go and leave his father's home to the land that he is going to be shown. And this is the first communication that we have uh, in the Torah between Akash Baruchu and Avram, and the first story, really, uh, that we have about Avram. And my Rebbe used to point out that it's... Uh, it's, it's important to know when the Torah introduces something. The first time you meet something or someone, so it's important to kind of f- see what's going on with that because the way the Torah introduces it tells us a lot about that person. And it's especially true about Avraham because, as we know, right, the Midrashim tell a story about Avraham, uh, several stories about Avraham, about before he got to this point. Um, and, you know, you get Orkazdin, the whole fight with Nimrod, thrown into the fiery furnace. Uh, he was on the run from Nimrod for 13 years when he was first born, when he was younger, hid underground. Right? So there are a lot of Midrashim that uh, that come up about this. And the, yet the first thing we see is Lech Lecha. 
So that first thing, the Chorah, the first statement from Akash Baruch Hu, to the first Jew, right, Avram, I guess technically, right, if you think about it, was really the first Jew, so that has to be studied. So what is this message that Akash Baruch Hu tells, uh, tells Avram, and the way the text write it, writes it is very telling. First of all, <clears throat> we have to break down the Pasuk. Obviously, there's Leich, there's Go, there's Lacha, right, for you, and then Me'aretz Chavat Avicha, and then obviously El Haaretz Hashararecha, uh, to the land that I will show you. So what's leich? So leich is an interesting word, actually. It is used, first of all, twice. I don't know if you realized. It says twice by Avram Lech Lecha. It says, obviously, here. And then it says by the Akedah. Um, the Ramban points out that the, when the word leich is used, he says this by, uh, by when Amram married uh, Yocheved again for the second time, right after the whole discussion over there, the discourse between him and Miriam. Miriam said, how could you divorce her? Because Amram divorced Yocheved when Paro made this whole xera about the boys, and Miriam came back at him and said, what the heck are you doing? Your xera is on the, the girls and the boys, you're not going to have any more kids, right? Everybody's going to... So Amram went back. So the other Rabban, I found that thing, it's over there. The Rabban says, the leich, the word leich, or vayelech, connotes doing something, going up, actively doing something, getting up and, and accomplishing, doing something that's difficult, that's not necessarily easy, going against the grain uh, to do something praiseworthy. So leich obviously implies that there's some sort of traveling here that a person has to do. Again, we're on a journey, we're on a path, we've been doing Mesil Sisharim, right, that we're on the path of the just. Life is a journey. Life is a leich. Right? We're not here just to chill out and, and sit around and hang out. So the first thing a person has to know, that a Jew has to know, that a Kosh Baruch was telling the first Jew, is leich, that you're, there's a journey in life. Right? You're not here just to chill and sit around. Second message is lacha. As Rashi says, for your good and for your benefit. Right? This journey is going to be beneficial for you. Again, just using the, the if Akash Baruch was talking to us through his speech, to Avram, his recorded speech to Avram, that this journey is going to be beneficial for you. It's going to be tough at times, uh, but this this leich is lacha. It's for you. Right? It's not for me, says Akash Baruch It's for you. <clears throat> and you will be better off having gone through uh, this journey, hopefully, right, if you ta- tackle it uh, appropriately. Now, the Ramban already points out that the, the order, as you may have noticed and you may have learned in, in previous uh, analysis in this parsha, that the order, it's out of order, right? When a person leaves his home, first he leaves his house, then he leaves his town, then he leaves his land. Here the Pesach says, leave your land, leave your house, leave your town, and then leave your house. So again, a well-known Ramban says that we're not talking necessarily about a physical departure. We're talking about <coughs> a spiritual departure. <coughs> Excuse me. That Akash Baruch wanted Avram to, yes, leave his house, and obviously he did that, but the goal was a spiritual goal in the sense that he had to leave the influences that were directly influencing him and, and, and affecting him. Uh, and when a person does that, so then then the influences that ha- that they have from their land, their city, and their town are in descending order instead of ascending order. Meaning, a person is most heavily uh, affected by his his family. Well, I guess we should start the other way, right? A person is affected by their by their land, right? They're definitely affected by the country they live in, but they're more affected by the city they live in. Uh, and they're even more affected by the house they live in. So the departure that Avram was doing, it's not an out of order, it's actually in order, when you talk about spiritual uh, power and the effect that uh, his surroundings had on him. Right, the land, from the place you were born, the town, and then and from your actual house. Coach Baruch was telling him, listen, this is a, and, and he's telling us that, listen, this is a spiritual journey. And sometimes it involves 
removing yourself from harmful situations. Uh, it's it's a journey that will be good for you, and you have to go, you know, ignore the the negative influences of the the family in the city around you. It could be that you don't have any, by the way. Uh, it could be that you know you grew up with a family, uh, you know, that's on the right path, uh, and the land is doing good things, and the town townspeople are nice. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be for everybody, but if it is, and a person should think about that, and that's you know we talked about that in the charm as well, that a person should think about his surroundings. <clears throat> So if it's true, then you have to remove yourself from any harmful scenarios. And then finally, LR is a Sharaka, right, to the land that I will promise you, right, that that's a Kosh Baruch Hu telling us that, that there is a destination in mind, right, that there's a destination, a destination that, that he wants us to get to. It's not just walking blindly down a path, right, to the LR is a Sharaka, and a Sharaka, and I will show it to you. I will give you Satan Shmaya. I will show you the way, right, all you have to do, right, is embark on the journey. So it's just to recap, the first message to the first Jew, right, is really very powerful and speaks to us individually. Right, Lech, life is a journey. Right, life is a path. Lecha, and it's a good path. It's positive. It'll be good for you. Right, this is something valuable for you to do. And sometimes it's a spirit. It, first of all, it's a spiritual journey, and second of all, sometimes you can have to make difficult decisions on that journey uh, for the sake of your spirituality. But I'll give you I'll take care of you. I'll show you the way. I'll show you the land. I'll show you the path that I want you uh, to undertake. Okay, so that's the first measure. That's just a small analysis of the Rishonim, right? A small usage of the you know classic Rishonim <coughs> to just kind of show the greater message there to from Akash Baruch to the rest of Am Yisrael um, when he spoke to Avram. Again, just not obviously Avram heard a lot of things, but again, the point is to the way that the Torah characterizes the first interaction. Right, is very, very telling, and that, that leads us to that analysis. Okay. What was the test of Lech Lecha? Aside from the fact that it's hard to leave home, right? Okay, right? You don't know when you see your parents again, whatever, right? Avram's father had passed away already, fine, whatever, okay. But a lot of the Rishonim right, have a count of Avram's ten tests. Because the mission, again, the mission says in Perkei, Avos Perkei, that Avram had ten tests. But the mission doesn't list what they were. Right, again, uh, Avram had ten tests of Ahmad Bakulam. He, he passed all of them. He stood with, withstood all of them, passed them with flying colors, etc. But it doesn't list them off. So the Pirkei Rebbe Lezer, for example, says that the first one was, as we mentioned before, when he was young, that Nimrod wanted to kill him, so he hit 13, 13 years underground. And then you had the story with the fiery furnace. That was right, the argument right, with his father and the baseball bat and the idols. Right, that you know. Uh, and then, you know, his father kind of brought, reported him to Nimrod, and they threw him in the fire, and then obviously that was a test. And finally, right, the third, not finally, but the third test was Lech Lecha. The third test was Lech Lecha. The Rambam, on the other hand, says Lech Lecha was first, because if you look at the test of the Rambam, uh, so he, he perished Mishnais over there in Pirkei Avos, so he only takes tests from the text itself, if I'm not mistaken. So he only is looking at the Chumash, so Lech Lecha naturally is the first one, because that was the first story we have. Bottom, bottom line, though, everyone agrees that Lechlecha was a test. The question is, though, well, first of all, that Medrash says that Akash Baruch Hu didn't tell Avram where to go, so that every step would earn him schar. Every step would earn him reward. And that sounds nice and cute, but why is that such a big nisayon that Avram needed to get reward for every step? Right, I get it, okay, the steps, he, what he took when he was leaving his father's house, fine, that's tough. It's tough to leave home. But, like, when he was, like, 30 miles away. Like, why does every step, why does everyone need to scarf for every step? Second of all, it says in Pirkei Rebbe that the 10th test, obviously, was the Akedah, and only after the Akedah did Akash Baruch Hu say, Ataya dati ki Now I know 
that you're you're a Lokim. Now I know that you have your Shemayim. Meaning that after only after he completed all ten tests that the Kosh Baruch says, now I know that you're 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 a Hashem, that you have your Shemayim. And it was completion of all the tests, right? Meaning that they worked together. Right? It was one journey, one ladder, whatever metaphor you want that Avram had to climb. Not individual feats of brilliance that were unrelated. The implication is that had Avram been lacking in one of the tests, right, he would not have completed the journey, i.e., that each rung of the ladder right, was crucial and that each test accomplished something that the others didn't. So as of Nassim Svifinkel, what in the world was lacking in the Akedah that Lech Lecha could accomplish? Right? The Akedah was the pinnacle, right? That was Messias Nevish Mamish. Right? He's literally giving up his own flesh and blood right? and his hopes and his dreams. He's going to shecht his kid. Right? He's going to shecht his son. That was Mamish Messias Nevish. What was the Messias Nevish by Lech Lecha? Right? You're not going to get the same uh, takeout food in the same neighborhood. Right? You're not going to see your old friends anymore. You're going to have to go somewhere else to play ball. Like, what, what, what was Lechlecha that the Akeda couldn't accomplish? So there are two answers, and Rav Nassim alludes to both of them. Um, harps really more on one of them, but he really alludes to both of them. Now, I'd imagine there are many answers, but two of them, Dafka, that, uh, that come to mind. First of all, as Nassim explains, that Messias Nefesh has different elements to it. Right? The first type of Messias Nefesh of you know, kind of giving of yourself, putting an effort in, in, in spirituality, right? That comes during extor- extraordinary circumstances, like having to chazajolim, right? Someone gives their life up for kiddush Hashem, right? Someone dies on kiddush Hashem, right? Like having or like like literally having to shecht your kid, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, Jews have had many opportunities to do this, right? And they've done it countless times, right? There, it says Rav Elson there's a special koach. Hidden within each Jew, maybe it comes from Avraham himself, right? I get my Sayyabosim Things that happen to the forefathers necessarily will happen to the kids, so that could be that we have it from Avram. But either way, right, Avram was able to throw himself into the Urkazdim, into the Kivshon Aish, into the fire. So he had this Korach to overcome his love for his son and literally offer to Shechtim. So there is a Messias Nefesh that is hidden in every single Jew, and, and unfortunately we have a lot of practice with that. But the Messias Nefesh and the fantastical, right, in the crazy cases, does not actually paint a complete picture of a person's Yerushalayim. Because in the crazy moments, right, we all get an injection of strength, right, to do what is necessary. Yeah, like you have these stories of like superhuman strength, like when a father saw a kid stuck under a car after an accident and or whatever, right, and, and he was able to lift the car so the kid could like, climb out. Right? You hear these stories from time to time, you know, like, I don't know, Yahoo or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily indicate a person's full year of Shemayim in the little things, right? During the calm times, or even the calm before the storm, right? When the test is not so obvious, right? When the greatness is not so guaranteed or publicized, right? So the things that don't get you on a poster or in the news or written on t- in Tanakh or whatever, right? The stuff that's not proven. Because while you might tap into the cocos of a Jew and to be most nefesh mamish, and I hope it doesn't come to that ever, but that shot of adrenaline doesn't necessarily happen every single day, right? And how you live your life on a day-to-day basis <clears throat> is indicative of another type of Yerush right? It's how you live when you get up in the morning, when you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, go to school, go to work, go on a date, get married, raise your kids. When no one's looking, right, that requires a different types of strength. That's not necessarily indicated by an Akeda or, a, you know, Rahman al-Slana, you know, any persecution and, and throwing yourself into the Kivshan into a fire. So that's A. So that's what Lech can comes to connote. The second 
is that when Avram walked with Yitzchak before the Akedah, again, just to be clear, the Akedah is next week's Parsha, but okay, whatever, like, we can still talk about it. Right? The, the Puzzik says, that they walked together. Right? And Rashi says over there that just like Yitzchak, who was unaware of what was supposed to happen, or still unaware, right, he walked without any worries whatsoever, so did Avram. Avram, even though he knew it was coming. Right? Even So even before the incredible feat of the Akedah, Avram was 100% calm and totally Emunah focused. So, so to Lechlecha, right? when he was told to, told to lead ho- leave home, he thought nothing of it. He was like, okay, packed up and left. Right? Even though he didn't think, he didn't realize that he was going to be written down in the history books, right? it was just whatever. He packed up and left. So so that is also, uh, you know, when, when people, I guess it's kind of the same word, really, kind of phrased a couple different ways. But anyway, the, but, what, the sort of Lechlecha is that there was no suffix. There was no delay. There was no concern, right, whatsoever on Avram's part. Akash Baruch told him. Avram said, you know, no problem. All right, Akash Baruch said, jump. Avram said, how high? Right, he got up early, ready to roll. Right, and that's why Avram got reward for every single little step. Because he went with a happy heart, without any doubts and any suffix, any sfekos in your in your shemayim, and and with that Akash Baruch Hu comes to the tovah that he would take care of him, right? That, that that obviously with the doubts that would be plaguing any normal person. So that's what we're talking about over here. That that was a tremendous. He started like a and Avram passed with flying colors because right, he said, "Yeah, okay, fine, I'm out, no problem." Right? It was in the little things and the day to day, the daily things. He was also able to be uh, Messias Nefesh, uh, Moser Nefesh. Okay, uh, just while mentioning the tests, um, I could do this this week or next week, but I just wanted to run through, uh, what is the purpose of a test? Right? What is the purpose of being tested in, with difficult things? First of all, Hashem knows what level you're on. He doesn't need to test you. Right? He knows. Right? Again, it's, it's not like a teacher needs to know where their students are holding. Kosh Baruch Hu knows. Second of all, to an outsider, right, it almost looks like a Kosh Baruch Hu is just torturing Avram, right? like, playing, like toying with him. Right? Leave your family, go to the land. Whoops, there's a famine, got to go down to Egypt. Wife's going to get kidnapped. Right? Okay, go, come back, shecht your kid, don't shecht your kid. I mean, what, what's the point of all this stuff? Right? This is not easy life. Right? What's the point of all these hardships? Right? What's the deal? And, and obviously, if Avram has them, and we figure out what the point is, so obviously that is tremendous muster for us. So there's a big Rishon, discussion there. shown them in the Bali muster. There, there are two main approaches, as far as I'm aware, in terms of what the point is. Uh, of a test is, and they're kind of similar, um, but uh, they have a different uh, kind of focus. The Rabban writes, right, in, our, in the Parshasi of Ayera, I think, by, by the Akeda, that the purpose of a test is to bring out a person's potential. Meaning, yes, Hashem knows what level you're on, right, but there's difference, as you get, if you follow sports, right, you certainly know that there are plenty of guys who have tremendous potential, but only few actualize it. Right, until now, until the test, right, a person has the potential inside but has never acted on it. Right, once the test happens, right, so now that person is able to pass, and then their potential has been unlocked, fulfilled, whatever word you want. And even more than that, the person has changed, and the person grows, right, and they're even to pa- they're able to pass even harder tests. Right, so it could be the progression for Avram, although I haven't actually seen anyone say this directly, but could be that that the progression for Avram. Right, was what enabled him right to do uh, to do the Akedah. Right, so Mitzvah. Right, so that that was that that's that's the point of Hashem putting Avram through all those ten tests to, to bring out right his greatness. If we didn't have the Akedah, we wouldn't know right how great Avram was. We wouldn't have that right for generations. So, and that's exactly the second answer. Right, that Rabbeinu Bachaya, the Rambam, the Mar Nevuchim, and Chelak Yom, Parak Chavdalid, right, and others 
right? I say that the purpose of the test is to showcase that person's greatness to everybody else. Right? We'd never know how great Avram was if he didn't do all 10 tests. We wouldn't know. If, we wouldn't know. Right? If he had all these tests and he didn't do the okay, that obviously he would be a great person. Shem would know. Fantastic. But we need to know. Why do we need to know? First of all, we need to know because we need to know who the great people in history are so we can emulate them. Right? We read the stories of Bratius, then we have to uh, we have to try and live like the others. Right? That, that's the ideal. And so that's the second point is that we need to know what the ideal is. We know you need to know where the bar is. <laughs> Right? It serves as a mark and a symbol right? to show other people how great this person is. Look how high we can go. Right? So for, uh, for therefore, this perspective is very, very important when a person is going through difficult things. Right? Again, as a friend told, right, told me once, right, a person has two choices in life. They can either thrive or survive. But right, if a person is able to thrive during the difficult times, well, then you've unlocked everything. Right? You've unlocked the potential that's inside of you to deal with whatever you're dealing with and thrive as if it's nothing. Right, Avram was told to shecht his kid. He's like, okay, carry on, right? business as usual, right? keep calm and shecht Yitzchak, you know, as they, whatever. So, yeah, that, that, that's Avram. So that's the level that, I, mean, I don't know if we have to strive for, I don't know if we'll ever, ever, ever get there, but for sure on our own level, right, whether it's something small that and sometimes feels really big, and, and you know, whatever, regardless, whatever it is, it's just a test to bring out your inner potential. And, that really helps us change our view because if a person has the view of oh, why is Hashem picking on me, why is everything so terrible, etc., etc., so obviously that's not the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to have a munubitachon that comes tova, and therefore, if you realize that all the difficulties that a person goes through in life are really tests from a kosh baruchu and see how they can survive and thrive and grow, right? So then you have a much better uh, chance of, uh, of, first of all, getting through it with a healthy sense of. Uh, you know, self-worth and, and, and uh, I guess, uh, mental health or whatever phrase you want to throw out. Um, and also, you know, obviously, you get to a greater level, right, and get closer to, to a Kosh Barco. Okay, one more thing that I just want to mention, and I know I wish I, we could spend more time on other things, is um, a very interesting psukim that uh, basically a Kosh Barco, I don't have a Kosh in front of me because I started, like, kind of, like, haphazardly, but uh, basically the uh, the psukim leading up to the Brisbane of Basarim, and in very, very strange. Basically, Kosh Baruch Hu promises Avram that his children will inherit the Eretz Yisrael, and Avram says, How will I know that they will inherit the land? Very curious puzzle. Hashem says, don't worry, your children will get the land. It's not the first time Avram has been told this. And he says, how do I know? How do I know? So, very, very strange. What, uh, uh, for someone, for Avram being the standard of Emunah Bitachon, right, the, the gold standard, right, by the Akedah, there are no questions, but by the promise of, Akash Baruch who promised, again, to give the land to his children, and Avram needs assurances. Right? When the, and then in response, Akash Baruch who tells him to do the Brisbane of Bissarim, promises his children will be enslaved in Egypt for, well, not in Egypt, but be enslaved for 400 years, and then leave with a Rechush Gadol with great wealth, and the fourth generation will come back to Eretz Yisrael. Avram needed that. Like, Avram doesn't say anything the rest of the time. Like, he never says anything. Now, all of a sudden, now he has to speak up. So, as you might expect, there are various uh, perushim found in Chazal. There's a fascinating Gemara Nadarim on Daf Lama Beis, which we're going to get to in the Daf Yomi in about a couple of weeks, uh, that actually says, the Shmuel actually says that Avram, yeah, Avram failed in this moment. Right? This was a failing of Avram. 
uh, if that sounds crazy, so there is a concept. The Avos can make mistakes, that's for sure true. The Ramban says, for example, that when Avram went down to Egypt after there was a famine in Eretz Yisrael, uh, it was a mistake. So there was a sin. Said that he, he made a mistake in judgment. He should have stayed in Eretz Yisrael even though there was a famine, because that's what Hashem told him to do. So it is not crazy that Avram could make a mistake. Uh, but that's what Shmuel says. Shmuel says that this, and fascinatingly enough, Shmuel says that the, the, the Avdus, the slavery in Egypt, was a direct punishment for this lack of faith. Fascinating. That Avram also had his ups and downs in Emunah Bitochum. And again, now, what Shmuel does explain is that why Avram had doubts about this, whereas, you know, for the rest of his career, for the rest of his career, we don't see anything. And, and for the rest of it, you know, he's a model of Emunah and blind faith. So, as you might imagine, a lot of other Chazal do not understand the Psukim in that way uh, at all. Instead, they interpret Avram asking, not how do you know. He's not asking for assurances, promises, and like guarantees. He's saying, in what merit will my children inherit it? Meaning, Avram knows, I have a Muna Bitaq and everything's going to be great. But what about my kids? Right? What about my descendants? And sure enough, Medrash Rabbi says, Rabbi Chia Barachanin uh, explained that Avram asked, not accusing, just asking, what, how do I know right, that my kids, my descendants, my children, will eventually, will be Zoha, right, to, to the land. So Hashem said back to him, that's what he did, Brisbane and He'll the, the kapara that they're going to get through the korbanos is going to help atone right, for any sins. Right, that's why it leads directly into the cutting of the animals, right? The fire from heaven, right? All that symbolism from the Brisbane and Basarin, right? The, the korbanos are what's going to atone and give the kapara for Am Yisrael. Shmuel Golden points out that Rav Hirsch says something similar, right? The Torah says very often the pasuk says that the Torah says very often that Hashem is giving us the the, the land to inherit it. And Hashem says that, says that to Avram just before Avram asked that question, right? Right before he says, Hashem says, that your children too inherit it. And refers explains that Lirishta, that word, is the, the verb, it's a verb, it's an active verb, right? It's a person has to actively inherit the land. It's a verb, meaning it's not a foregone conclusion that Avram's children will get Eretz Yisrael, they'd have to earn it. And that's exactly what Avram was asking. Well, how do I know that they're going to earn it? How do, I know, how do I know that they're not going to blow it? Right, and and sure enough, right, if you look throughout history, right, we often have failed to earn it. Right? We've been kicked out of Israel, seven, you know, several times. Right? Based on this destroyed, etc., exiled several times. So in response to that, that's what Avram said. And what's chus? Can you promise to me that there'll be zokha to keep the land? I know there's a possibility of sin and a lack of emuna and frumkite, etc. What's going to help them? So that's how Hashem answered through the atonement of the korbanos. This is a tremendous lesson for us, right? because as much as we talk about the schusavos and, and a lot of the chatter around the parshas in the next coming months right, is going to be about the greatness of our forefathers. Right? We say every day in Shmonesrei, right? Avraham, Nitzchak, Yaakov. Right? We mentioned schusavos. Still, it's on us to perform. Right? We can only rely on our schusavos so much. Right? It could be that according to some opinions, schusavos is gone. I think there's a Gemara like that, but uh, okay, anyway, but uh, we, we can only rely on them so much. We have to do it ourselves, right? It's in our hands to fulfill our potential, right? Just to bring it to current events, right? We just have, uh, you know, had elections the other day, right? A lot of us can't imagine Eretz Yisrael without Israel, right? We haven't been alive, right? Most of us have, you know, have not been alive without the Jewish state and a way to come to Eretz Yisrael, uh, without trouble, right? But just because we have parts of Eretz Yisrael nowadays doesn't mean we're guaranteed to keep them. Right? We have to keep on earning it. 
Uh, and we have to keep on earning it in our own lives as well, right? Unrelated to Eretz Yisrael, right? But how do I know that we'll be Zoha to inherit, right? The, the what Avram was promised, not only the land, but uh, you know, the Torah, etc. But we have to, not that we're, we're Torah, Torah is, a, is an inheritance. I don't, I don't mean that, but I meant like we're not guaranteed anything in spirituality, right? We have to accomplish it on our own. Right, and certainly when it comes to coming to Eretz Yisrael, right, we have to make sure right, to keep our own spirituality here and, and, and there so that we can make sure to continue getting Eretz Yisrael. Right, it's not nothing that's, it's promised to us, yes, but we have to actually uh, go out and uh, and earn it ourselves. Okay, uh, obviously tremendous amount to talk about the rest of the Parsha, but unfortunately that's uh, that's about it for now. Um, I wish everybody a tremendous Shabbos, and uh, we'll speak next week. Have a great, great Shabbos.